Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson, CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services, and my passion is creating success in people by sharing my experiences in real estate, entrepreneurship, and community involvement. My partner, Heather Wimbrod, and I will be hearing from expert leaders in these spaces and giving you practical advice to help you accelerate your business. So pull up a seat because we are about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. Who out there loves honey? Honey is awesome. It's healthy. And if it's locally owned, it should help you with allergies and all kinds of ailments. Yes. That's why I'm so excited about today's guest. 100%. Yes. We brought our, our local honey maker who also works at the Wilson Group Real Estate Services to join us today on the podcast. Help me welcome Dennis King. Well, I'm happy welcome, to be Dennis. here. We are happy to have you. It's going to be fun. It yeah. is. Dennis and his husband bought this amazing property where... How many acres is it, Dennis? Or 22 acres. 22 acres. And they have bees. And I, when I went to visit them, they showed me the bees. It was just amazing. And when those straight line winds were coming through, y'all saved your bees from being blown away. We did. We strapped them down. Okay. And matter of fact, we had some wind this past weekend and we had a tent set up for an event that had been set up for a few days. Probably shouldn't have been up longer than it was. <laughs> and it got loose. Oh. And it was a big tent and it was flying through the the backyard. And if it wasn't for a bird's nest pole post that we have, it would have crashed into the beehives. It was headed right to the beehives. Oh my word. It would have been about a million and a half bees would have been really, really mad. (laughs) Yeah. Try to get those back in. Not going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Dennis brought Heather and I, I their did. homemade, him yes. and his and John's homemade honey. So excited. And I've, I've had a batch last year and I can't wait to try this batch. We were just talking about all the things we put honey on. Yes. <laughs> it's got a really good magnolia aftertaste. Ooh. Okay. It's got a thing on it. I was going to, I was going to open it on up. Oh, I'll, I should have opened it up. No, no, That's it's all right. good. It's, it's all good. good. So Dennis is a seasoned veteran of real estate at the Wilson Group Real Estate Services and he primarily, well, he does sales, of course, but does property management as one of our top property yeah. managers. And I am so excited that Dennis agreed to come because this role fascinates me. It what sure you is. do. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, truly, I just think it's A something I could never do. And so I, and you, when I see people do it just so well and with such grace and they seem like that they're not crazy, then I'm like, okay, tell me all your secrets. Because if you can do that, then I have no complaints, right? (laughs) Or at least that's my perception. Yeah. (laughs) So as a reminder, the Wilson Group also has a property management division where we have right now we have a little over 300 doors under management. Dennis manages a bunch of those. We've got five full-time property managers who take care of our management. And so today we're going to educate our listeners and Heather Peace. all on property management. And so Dennis, I'm just going to turn it over to you. And first of all, how did you get started in property management? You know, it's funny. It's what Heather said. I got my license in the perfect time. It was 2007, okay. 2008, which we all know what the market was doing. I came from the restaurant industry and every agent I spoke to, they were scared of property management. And I said, well, I can do that. If nobody wants to do it, there's got to be a niche for me. And it's it's very similar to the restaurant industry. It's, you got to work your butt off. There's a lot of different hats you got to wear. I mean, similar to you know selling real estate as well, but 
it was 2008. Nobody was, you couldn't sell houses. And so, so many people had to rent their homes because they couldn't sell them. And I said, let's, let me build a portfolio of rentals to basically create some residual income. And it worked. I wasn't really going to be that perfect student as a new realtor and do what you're supposed to, to build a business. So like knocking on doors and prospecting and marketing, I wasn't comfortable with it. So I thought if I did property management, that I could basically build my pipeline. Yeah. If I could manage your home for a while and five years later, you're ready to sell it. As long as I didn't make you mad during the time, I'm your man. Yeah. And, and then I didn't even think about it, but the tenants were a pipeline for me as well. If you nurture the relationship like you should anyway. Yeah, with but, any, anything. Because not everybody, you know, there's always going to be people that are going to be career renters, you know, which is totally fine. But a lot of them are wanting to be a homeowner. And that has been an avenue that I didn't think of. So that's been great. And I'm not embarrassed to say it, but I've spent zero money on prospecting my entire career. I've been doing this for 15 years. So it's worked. I've sold several of these and I keep my portfolio between 50 to 60 properties. It fluctuates because I either I sell them or an owner moves back in or every once in a while I had to fire an owner, God forbid. But, yeah, well, um, we've had to fire sellers and buyers yeah, too. Yeah, it happens. Or refer them out to somebody else. So yeah, that's how I've survived in the last 15 years. That's amazing. But you also have a good book of business selling. Absolutely. And, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's amazing how you've been able to balance that. And one thing that I watched Dennis do too is when an owner of a property that he's managing wants to sell that property, typically another investor buys it. So you keep the property in your portfolio. I've done that a few times. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's especially when it was really moving. You know, the market's slowing down now and the, the investment side's pretty slow. Yeah. It's not a great time unless you have cash. Yeah. You really can't get a mortgage and think you're going to get the return you need. And then you add in the HOA fee, you know, those things, every dollar hurts your return as well. A little bit of 1031 exchange activity. I've had a couple of those this year that is still hanging about, but it feels like everything's slowing down on the investment side. How are rents seeming to do? Those are also pretty, I mean, there's a ton of inventory right now. There's a lot of construction in town, as we all know, that's not helping the inventory levels, but it's been softening for, I think, for a couple of years. What about houses, Dennis, that are for rent right now? When you look at houses for a family, a four bedroom, three bath, do you come across those a lot? Does that rental market, is that strong or not? I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I I was just curious. I don't have a lot of four bedroom homes. My average is three, two, three, three beds, two, two, two and a half baths. The only reason I ask that is a client who's relocating to Nashville doesn't need to buy for another year. And our last conversation, he said, you know, I'm just going to hold off, see what the market does. And this awesome home came on the market. I'm going, mm, let's let's buy. I mean, it would be an expensive rental. It'd probably be upwards of 7000 a month, I think. And I just wasn't sure what that Is he wants. Doing. So he wants to rent it out? For a year till they move up here. Uh, They're waiting for their last child to graduate from high school. That's a tough market over five grand. Yeah, it's I would really say tough. So. Okay. It's hard to move anything. I mean, a couple of years ago it was a little different, yeah. but it's just people are squeezing yeah. a lot of money. Five grand? That's sixty thousand a year. Oh just in rent. Seven grand. Yeah. Eight, seven, 80 well, yeah, grand. Exactly. Yeah. No, over I hundred grand in rent. I, I get it. I get it. There's a market for it. Uh, I, I got a couple in Bell Mead. I mean, it, it does take me longer to get those rented. It took me, I think the Bell Mead one I just got rented, it took me a couple of months to get it rented. On, on we vetted a few different folks. It's a kind of a, it's interesting dynamic. The more money there is involved, the more problems you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
expectations are different. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a lot of people that are doing rehabs that need to move into something temporary. Yeah. There's a niche for that. And I think, and then you have Interesting. The, I have heard that. I have heard people say, hey, I'm doing a full kitchen remodel or, or something to that effect and I can't be in the home. I just need to go somewhere for about four months. And then it probably turns into six, but- Always turns yeah. into longer. Yeah. It's a niche that I don't have a lot of product that fits that niche, but mm-hmm. I think there's like the, the one I just talked about, this is when Green Hills, it was a big rehab and they've already extended their lease. So it stresses owners out to do anything less than 12 months, but those are, or insurance, you know, if there's somebody had been displaced because of a house fire, there's a niche for that as well. There's not a lot of house fires, but floods are pretty sure. common. Yep. I had a, a person in one of my rentals temporarily, and I always do year leases for the most part. They only needed it for six months. And so with a six-month lease, I said, I'll do six months, but I'm going to raise the rent 100 bucks a month to yeah. cover you know, the hassle of having to release it. And right. then, oh, by the way, we have two big dogs, and they were having difficulty finding something with two big dogs. And I'm like, I'll take two big dogs. But it's 100 bucks a dog a month. So I went from like 4500 a month to 4800 a month real quick for six yeah. months. And it yeah. was awesome. Just replaced your carpet. Yeah. Well, it was all tile. It was a weird, it's oh, this weird okay. house that I'm, okay. my river house at yeah. that time. Mm-hmm. It was all like a slate tile. So then it was perfect for big dogs. It was dogs totally fine. Yeah. Because the person I'd bought it from had big dogs. So let's start from the beginning of, let's say I or Heather, well, I'll be the owner. You be the tenant. Mm-hmm. So I, w- <laughs> I want to... Rent my house. I bought I bought an investment property or I'm moving out of town for a year, but I don't want to sell my house. I call you. Really? Um, That's the scenario? You're going to move <laughs> and do that? Yeah. That's a tough one because I I have that. They, yeah. They're, yeah. they're military. They're going to be gone for two years yeah. or one year. Those are hard sells because I, I don't, you got to be honest with the tenant because most mm-hmm. people move in. They don't want to move after 12 months mm-hmm. and you have to tell them up front and then it it shrinks your, your window. That's shrinks your pool of yeah. people. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's say um, we're not that. But you just... don't have to. I mean, I, ethically, I feel like I need to tell, hey, by the way, you yes. can only stay 12 months. And then if you do that, then you don't get it rented. And it's like, damn, what are you going to do? You know, but yeah. Well, let's just say I'm a normal investor. I've bought my investment property. I've tried to rent it myself. I've realized what a headache it is. Mm-hmm. And I want you to rent it out for me. So my buddy gave me your name. I'm calling you up. I'm like, hey, Dennis, I'm thinking about renting my house. And I have no idea where to start? Well, I would typically, I, I always like to, instead of me giving a, a speech or a spiel, so to speak, I always want to just have the owners ask me their questions because there is such a wide area. I mean, everybody has their own like sticking points. Like they're right. worried about, is the tenant going to you know tear up my home? Are they going to pay rent? Do they have dogs? Those kind of things, more so than me just saying, this is what I would do. So I would always turn around on them and say, what, what questions do you have for me? And if I've known that you've been trying to get it rented, I'm saying, so why do you want to hire me? Why are you looking for help? You find out it's a big pain in the butt, isn't it? When yeah. you get with yeah. your phone number on the internet and see how many people call you. It's yeah. pretty insane. Yeah. So let's say that, if that's ask your questions, would yeah. be, well, I've gotten a lot of calls and I go to meet the people and they never show up. Oh, yeah. That's or fun. sometimes yeah. they shut up, they don't show up. I am nervous that to meet somebody, I don't know who I'm meeting. I'm going by myself to meet somebody. And I just, I'm nervous now that I think about it. What if something happens at midnight and I have to take care of it I, and I don't know what to do? I, I, you know, it's a newer home, so I don't feel like there's going to be an issue. But as I've been thinking about it, because my hot water heater just went out in my own house and it was only a four-year-old hot water heater. 
that anything can happen. So I want to investigate property management of how you can help me. Well, so those are my questions. You're hiring the buffer, you know, because a good way when, to look at it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. If you if you if you're trying to manage it yourself and you're talking to your tenant directly, it's hard to tell them no. Yeah. Maybe not for you because you're seasoned. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm an empath. I'm like, oh, I was a, oh so that, that's why I have someone manage my properties. I'm the same way. It's it's probably, it's one of the things that makes me unique of that I am very, I mean, my I have a great intuition and an empathic person. Well, going back to your question is you're paying for the buffer and you're paying for like that call at midnight that you don't want to receive. You know that I'm going to take care of you. And I, when I lay my head down at night, as a property manager or as a realtor, but I think about all 60 homes, just like that homeowner does, you know? So you're paying for that. And I always say that um, to hire me is a full, I'm a, I'm a realtor. I'm not just doing the property management. I'm well-rounded. I'm not going to be nine to five. You can get me on the weekends. You get me at eight o'clock at night and all the things you don't want to deal with, I'm going to handle for you and let you make decisions that you don't have to not be involved with all dealing the with the tenants. Yeah. Dennis, that is an incredible trait. You yeah. must be very organized and be able to kind of do that because I don't think I would. I mean, just 60, hearing going about to 60 bed, properties, about 60 homes. I just saw that too. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that, yeah. That Good gives, systems is all you right. and, as, as you know, as you everything. really need. And I have a great broker named Christy Wilson who yeah. <laughs> who uh, has invested in some great software. Yeah. Oh, and, software is and, good. And that, that, without that, there's no way I could, I could, do sounds like a big juggling act without a doubt and you know dealing with the work orders and the vendors and yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's a great system and without that i I, there's no way i could do what i what i do right so let's continue down that path and i'm asking you questions and that's great you're the buffer so do you personally meet potential tenants at the property that's another differentiator. We look them in the eyes. We talk to them. I mean, you can run the background. You can see their credit score. We pull a really detailed report with the Wilson Group. So we see the specifics of who they're not paying and what their payment schedules have been. We check their sex registry. We check the eviction history, verify their income and employment. You meet them at the property and you do all of this background work that your average person would not have, one, access to, or two, even right. know what where to, to start. Where to start? I can be very naive, and so I would meet someone, talk to them, have them tell me their version and their story, and I would be like, "Okay, great. I love them. this. Is going to be the best renter ever." <laughs> well, so many of our owners come to us with that scenario that they've tried to rent it out. They believe the person, they love the person when they met them because yeah. that person was a con artist and charismatic, friendly. They yeah. never collected any rent. We, we're dealing with one in particular right now where we took over management she was self-managing and it's that exact thing. See, I do the same thing, meeting them and talking to them because mm-hmm. you've got to go beyond the background check mm-hmm. because sure. I could do a background. You could have an 800 credit score, make $10,000 a month in, in salary, but still be an unperforming tenant and sure. not paying rent or, you know, whatever. So I do use empathy and I ask the tenants questions like, why are you moving? What did you like about your last place? What, what you didn't like, your least favorite thing about that? Because then they'll start talking and they'll start rambling. Yeah. yeah. And they'll say, oh, well, Let the, them talk. my landlord didn't do this and they didn't do that. Oh, my, you know, and you just uh, say, okay, well, okay, they're, we don't really, you know, they basically can win the opportunity to have 
that property based on what they're how they're answering it. So, and I, I mean, obviously, we look at the credit still if they apply. We're not going to do anything like I'm not going to judge anybody what they're saying because I'm not an expert. But I do think my intuition, and I've been doing it for so long, I read people really well. And at the end of the day, people they take care of the property, they pay rent. It's just the that one percent. I've been doing this yeah, 15 years. Have, I've only had one low. eviction yeah. in 15 years. So just to be clear, as an owner, all right, so you're not running a background check on everybody. You're only running the background check on the people you show the property to who apply. Correct. Yep. Right. So I just want right. our audience to be clear well, on that, that, that the steps are you show the property first, see, you get the vibe going, and then run the background check. Right, right. Okay. So once that background check is done, you feel comfortable with that tenant that they're going to be a good payer and all that, what happens next? If we approve them, then we're going to negotiate a lease and execute a lease. Typically, it's pretty standard. There's not a lot of negotiating happening. If we do negotiate rent rate, if I don't already have a decided upon number with the, with the owner, I don't call the owner like you do when you're trying to sell property and you go back and forth. There's a little bit of back and forth sometimes with the rental market, but for the most part, I kind of know and we just, we get it done. So we get a moved in or we execute the lease, collect a deposit. And if we have a quick move in, like within a week, we, we want to take certified funds. No I've, been, I've been burned, <laughs> been burned by turning, you know, applying, getting them approved, doing the lease and moving them in three or four days later. And then their check bounces, but they're already in the house. It's like, oh, <laughs> what are you going to yep, do? Certified funds. So certified funds are... Bring you cash. Yeah. And it seems to be... Yeah. Kind Brown of like, paper bag. Yes. Acceptable. <laughs> we used to do cash. We don't do hey, cash anymore, right? I know. We don't. I worked with a couple and they had waited tables for years and they wanted to pay their earnest money in cash. I, I've really? had, yes, I've had brown ba- paper bags show up. Went newer in my... They had cash. And I'm like, ask the lender what we do. And he's That's what make, I did. Make a photocopy. Of, I'm like, <laughs> no, it's dollar bills. Yes, you know, yes. it's not like 10 $100 bills. Yeah, they finally said, no, we can't do that. We yeah. need to have like our cash. Yeah. Anyway, side note. <laughs> yeah, cash is king. I know. That's what I, say. I used to love my <laughs> rents getting paid in cash. And then we went to the software and no one wanted to pay in cash anymore. No, yeah. it's yeah. all these apps and it's all, stuff. Yeah. It's so crazy. So realtors, listen to this. So I sold an investment property in Franklin. It's been several years ago. And that investor wanted to rent the property. And I called Dennis, I think even before we closed. And I said, look, this is this is the property address. This is what they're looking to do. Can you please help put together possibly what they could charge a month? And so we, but between us, we, we were able to kind of satisfy that buyer. And then I handed it right over to Dennis after we closed and he was able to get someone in there and it was wonderful and seamless. So yeah, it was great. Those are perfect. We love, mm-hmm. I love my referral. Most of my business is referrals. Yeah. 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 By now. So that's good. Hi, I'm Harry Allen, co-founder and chief relationship officer of Studio Bank. Studio Bank is passionate about what our members create, and we're here to support you through the process. We provide capital and services to build businesses. We offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time home buyer or purchasing your fifth home. We work with artists to reach their audiences. We help nonprofits transform our community. And often, the most important work we do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. We're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com 
Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 176-1767. Okay, so the tenant's in there, you vetted him, you make sure if it's short-term, like a quick turn, you get certified funds. As the owner, what next? I just sit back and wait for a year? If everything goes smoothly, you never hear from me. Yeah, yeah no, right, no, right. So each month as an owner, you get a statement of the account of your home or the property that Dennis is managing. So what that statement shows is the rent that was collected, less the management fee, less any other fees charged. So your lawn care, if the Wilson Group's handling your lawn care, if there was a broken toilet and you had to pay the plumber, whatever charges were, and then there's a net. It's just a, it's a statement. It's a debits and credits saying X amount was deposited into my account. Some of our owners like still get a paper check. The majority like the money just deposited. So that's the only time I really want to hear from you is, or I don't even need to hear from you. I just like to see my check being deposited each month. It's like clockwork. It's like clockwork. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. And I tell everybody, because they'll ask, well, gosh, you know, we moved him in in 12 months. He just basically collected the rent and took your percentage. I said, yep. I said, but we earn our money. First of all, you're paying for the buffer. It's like insurance. You know, you don't really want to pay insurance until you need to. Well, uh, you pay for the buffer, and it's we earn our money on the tenant flip. When the, when the tenant is is set to move out, it is a ton of work and a ton of time. And especially if you have to navigate trying to charge a tenant against their deposit, which gets kind of tricky. A lot of gray area in this uh, area. And if I have to, quote unquote, sell my services to an owner, I really focus on that. That's the scary part to me. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't make it scary for them, but I just, I'm very truthful. Always have been. You can't do this business without being truthful. Obviously, we all know that. And you got to tell your clients what they don't want to hear. And I'm really good at that, too. So, so uh, because of property management, it's given me thick skin. Yeah. And it forces me to have a purpose. Because we all have been in real estate, if you've been in it long enough, when you don't have a client actively looking or you don't have a listing, you're, I mean, there's always something to be doing. Chris is looking at me. Don't be saying that. Don't be saying yeah. that. <laughs> a to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just kidding. we're all human and we all like to like relax. And, you know, before you know it, two or three days go by and you don't do a lot of work. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's that tenant flip. It's, it's, it, that is getting through that without having a legal issue can be tricky. A lot of times still the tenant is calling or emailing or texting a repair that they think needs to be made. And a lot of times you'll go out there and that's not a legitimate repair that needs to be made. So part of the buffer, I love that word, is determining, hey, this isn't on my owner to pay for this repair. This is yours or this isn't a legitimate repair. Just because they're not seeing that on their statement, there's so it's it's like a real estate agent. A lot of times they, they're not seeing sausage getting made to get you from contract to closing. It's so incumbent true. of us to make sure they understand all the work we're doing. But the same in property management. I look at my statements, I'm going, ooh, we've got some issues going on. Or they want to have got a clean one. Brian Hawkins is mine. I was like, ooh, that was a good month. He's like, mm, this happened, this happened, but it wasn't, Yeah. Know. Yeah. He knows. He, he just kn- didn't yeah. call you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I do mention that too, that we are communicating with your tenants and telling them 
we're shielding you from yeah. the worker that comes in. Hey, my light bulb above the oven is out. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, that's your responsibility, you know? So just from my perspective, I know I said this at the beginning of the show, just being that buffer and dealing with expectations, because I'm sure expectations in a rental and what they expect from the landlord, whether it's monthly or just a condition, or maybe, you know, we sh- that's really not on us to fix. That is what I think would drive me nuts. And you guys handle it with such grace. I yes. can't imagine going to bed thinking about 60 homes. And you are so particular about who you put in there because you're thinking, are you going to drive me crazy? Yeah. Or are you going to be a that great relationship, tenant? Exactly. Like this is a quality of life for me. It Let is. me ask you a hundred questions <laughs> is probably what I would be thinking, yeah. you know? So I just, that, that amazes me. It's awesome. And the relationship that I have with the 60 owners is different than I have with my sales because the sales is a limited time. Sure. Obviously you want to nurture the relationship forever, but it's different when I'm actually, I mean, I have owners I've been working with for 10 years. That's 10 years. I mean, we're like family almost. Yeah. Right. Uh, and right. some of my owners I have never met. It's all been yeah. email and phone calls yeah. and so things like state, that. Yeah. So there's a lot of trust involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I focus on managing expectations. Yeah. And you have to trying to nurture loyalty. I'm extremely loyal in what I do in my life and in my job. And if I can get, my owners are loyal, obviously, uh-huh. but I want to push that to the tenant. I want them to have, feel ownership in the property and realize this is just not another rental. This is a private home yeah. that there's not a big corporation behind this. And I try to paint the picture so we're all three on the same page. Yeah, There's a stigma out there that there has to be a landlord-tenant like uneven relationship, like who's got better leverage. And, you know, there's always this negative stigma between that. And a lot of tenants come with that chest pumped out attitude right away. I, I knock it down as quickly as I can, A, because it's irritating to communicate that way. And two, it's just not the way it is. Yeah. I want my and environment sadly, to be. that's their past experiences. They're bringing their past experience because they've had to fight for everything that they needed to have done. And there's some yeah. bad landlords out there. I, yeah, I for get sure. It. I mean, I yeah. totally get it, but it's like, oh, it's just so frustrating because yeah. it's hard to break that barrier with them. And then it, and then that friction, uh, you got to work on it. You know, they'll you start telling them lo- no, no on certain things. I always say this instead of saying no to somebody, I typically say, you know what, let's get a couple more. I'm going to wait till I get a few smaller things because, you know, as a homeowner, oh, and you know, repairs yeah, and, the and they have a guy come and do, yep. you know, five small things instead of just doing yeah. right. One everything thing five times. And so I can, I mean, I won't change the light bulb, but yeah. I will come back and, you know, tell them we'll just do it later. That's know? right. Not yeah. to go off and make a list purposely for me, of course. You're like, oh, by the way, this is, you know, but, you know, it definitely want to take care of the tenant because a happy tenant always usually means a happy owner, but a happy owner doesn't mean a happy tenant. And I sometimes have to tell owners that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's your craziest, do you have a oh, crazy, oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I they're, wanna, they're this always is why crazy. I was looking forward to this podcast. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, can't even imagine all the ones, but I hear some doozies from you sometimes. I, I got some written down, but cause I have a really bad, because I'm an empathic person and my intuition is involved. I do energy work as well. It's a new thing I've been doing over the last few years. And I've worked is, with Dennis on the energy work and his husband and it's, uh, they're amazing if you need energy uh, work done. Man. I need some good energy. I need some 
I left my yeah, singing <laughs> bowl. I have brought something I was going to do before we started today. Doggone it. I'm going to go get it before we finish, and I'm going to do you guys okay. a little bit of little bit of work on you. Awesome. It'll be, yeah. be really brief, but I meant to do it. I'm still going to do it. But anyway. We're talking about the craziest story. <laughs> oh, my god. Or craziest situation, experience, so, oh, bizarre, however you want to. I tell you, I'm going to say, I, okay, so there's been a lot of things. There was a time, there was a house down, and it doesn't really matter where it's at, but I had getting a call, got a call from the owner, and the owner was ready to sell. I had had this tenant in place, I don't know, they've been there for a couple of years, and so when the owner wants to sell it, the tenant still had a lease in place. So we had to honor that lease. So we were working and I was, it's, it was a perfect kind of investment property. So I assumed an investor would buy it. So they would inherit the tenant, but I still went down there cause I had to, you know, see what it looked like. I had photos already, but I wanted to walk the property before I put it on the market. And then I had to work with the tenants on showings and all this. Well, I walk in and I go into the master bedroom, or God forbid we call that the primary suite these days, and there were sex toys everywhere. And I'm not saying one sex toy. Oh, I'm saying hundreds of sex toys. And they didn't have them like on display, like in a display case, but they had holders for them to where, like if you go to a gym and work out, you know, you have things you can hang your barbells on the wall. Well, they had things that would hold their things <laughs> for easy access. Like they were filming movies or some weird what thing. What in the world? How and do I'm, you handle that? It was not just, it was a lot. So needless oh, to say, no. I did not have photos of the primary suite on the MLS listing. Could they even view the primary <laughs> was suite? Was that a surprise um, when people went? The thing is, they knew I was coming. So what I did was I felt I needed to tell people when they called for showing that uh-uh, they were going to walk uh-uh. in. Because I couldn't tell the tenant to take them down. Right? Because it's not uh, illegal. It's a gray area. I, it's for marketing a property yeah. for sale. That would be a question you would have to have with your seller first. Say, it might be best to let them move out first. <laughs> yeah, let them the out level. of their lease. Give them their deposit yeah, let them out, back. Right. Because did you sell the property? I did. I, okay. I, that, I, I, when I finished that sale, I was like, I, I if I can sell a property with this bedroom like this. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it's funny. When people call me and, and before I would schedule or before they schedule a showing, I'd want to warn them so they would know. Because, you know, it was, it was, I'm telling you, if you see the photo. Anyway, I went in. The agent would call and say, hey, ask questions. And they go, well, how's the master? And I said, it's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sexy room. That's what I said. <laughs> but we got it sold. That's and it was awesome. funny. The person that bought it was an investment group that didn't even come look at the property. So they didn't even have to see it. But Perfect. I told them about it. Yeah. And I shared the photos. I shared the photos because I wanted <laughs> the agents to know what they were walking into. And the tenants didn't want to move. That wouldn't have worked because they... Of course they, they didn't want to move. They were only going to move as if somebody bought it that was going to want to live in it. Yeah. So. Gotcha. So did they renew the lease with these people, uh, with the tenants? I believe they did. Yeah. I think that tenant stayed. What's weird is this is the second... One of our other managers had a situation like this it, that was so bad... I had to go out and deal with the owner and the tenant just went MIA and left all this stuff. She trashed the house and this has never happened to it's just crazy. And the, the toys, the situation <laughs> in the bathroom, I mean, I was like mother of Pearl. I have never seen anything like that. I'm no prude, but I was like, what, what is that? <laughs> but to hear that it's happened twice. It's at insane. The, ah, anyway, it's their home. I mean, they're renting it. Yeah. I mean, they're getting nothing illegal yeah. about it. It's right. just it was it... no shame. 
You know, there's a lot of horror stories when te- owners will ask me some of those and I don't want to scare them away from doing it because at the end of the day, most people pay their rent and they don't act crazy. But I had a weird situation, you know, having a tenant die in a home. Talking about energy work. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer that energy is, is held in properties. There's something held in the ground. Yeah. The houses are built on. When you have gentrification, you're knocking things down. All that anger, all that frustration is pushing at the ground. So I pick up on energy a lot when I'm doing my job. And I use it. I say I sell real estate from the energetic level because it's very transactional. You fill in blanks. You negotiate. You know, you do the process. But I'm sneaky. I basically can hear the other side. It's like I almost can like read their minds and it's my intuitions helping me out. It's scary. It's really mm-hmm. scary. I don't have any really And it's true. I've I've watched this man in action. It's, I mean it's it's pretty bizarre. But we had a situation where we had a tenant being a nuisance to the HOA, God forbid, you know, a lot of HOA complaints, they're not picking up their dog poop or noise levels. And we had a complaint on this particular tenant and she had gotten several complaints. And I finally, after the third one, I told the tenants, you got a neighbor mad at you because this is a little aggressive, but at the end of the day, you need to do the right thing. You can't have a good neighbor if you're not a good neighbor yourself. And I was trying to police it that way because at the end of the day, it's not, I don't police neighbors. Sounds like kindergarten. It's, it can be, it can be challenging. Parking <laughs> I, is always a, a touchy And that particular too. one too, the neighbor was complaining because I think condensation or oil had dripped from that tenant's car it it was something every Every day the peak happened when the police showed up and the ambulance showed up and the hoa made a complaint about it come to find out the hoa went and got it they pulled a police report because they knew the police showed up i guess i knew this but police reports are obviously public record and the hoa had just basically sent based on the address a police report. So it had other things from the previous tenants because oh. there's a footprint to the address. So I'm reading this police report and I can't believe what I'm reading, but it was basically somebody had OD'd and died in this property. I recognized the other tenants' names. I'm like, what the hell? No one told me about that incident, which is a pretty major thing. You had a friend over and they died. I think it actually was a tenant that died. But the reason of the complaint of the current tenant, she had a friend over that OD'd and died. Now, she told me that the friend didn't die in the home, but they died on the way to the hospital. And then this tenant got behind in rent and got several months behind in rent. So we ended up having to to evict this person. We had no response for her for a period of time. So I went up to the property and knocked on the door. I do not like doing it at this point when we don't haven't had any contact, but I went in anyway and her mom came out with a gun course waving it around like you know whatever and i'm like i'm dennis you know you know me (laughs) y'all didn't like pick up the phone to tell me you're still here i wouldn't have knocked on the door i wouldn't have entered your home needless to say they move out so we had two tenants die of drug overdose in this property and it's bad energy and not knowing the previous tenants issue that carried over and i didn't know that and now we have this situation well we didn't do any energy clearing on the home probably should have not probably definitely should have but then we have a new tenant in there and she's now behind in rent so it's interesting when you talk about energy and how it gets stuck in the property is that black cloud so to speak it's like it sticks with the property or if you have an owner that's hypersensitive to whatever it might be. Like if they're really worried about getting rent paid, like if they're really strapped, they have to have that rent payment to pay pay their mortgage, that pressure is now attached to that property. There's a definite correlation between all that. 
Dennis, there are so many more questions that we have for you. We may have to do another show. Yeah, right. This is so interesting. Yes. But we're going to wrap this up for now. I love the stories. And I lived, <laughs> I didn't live the sex toys story with you, but I, um, I lived this last one with you. And it was something to behold. I tell right, you what, it was. Right. It takes it was, a special person to yeah. manage property. You yeah. are awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being on our show today. Thank you for working with the Wilson Group and for me in every aspect, you both in welcome. sales and in property management. Hey, friends, listening today, don't forget, if you have a topic or something you'd like Heather and I to discuss, shoot us an email. Podcast at wilsongroupfrealestate.com. I don't know why that was hard. All right. And thanks for tuning in. We'll check you next time. Call ATA, CPA, and advisors to help you with all of your accounting needs. ATA can help you amplify your business with tax planning, client accounting services, advisory, and assurance services. Contact partner David Hart and the ATA team today at 615-662-2727 or visit atacpa.net to get started. Hey, if you're loving the show, we would be delighted to hear from you. Be sure to go over to your podcast app, scroll down to where it says ratings and reviews and tell us your thoughts. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and move up in their life. This show is edited by Elizabeth Evans Media. Nashville is one of the nation's top three relocation markets. So whether you're moving yourself, your family, or relocating an entire company, Our relocation coordinators are here to guide you through the step-by-step process of relocation. We understand there's much more to a move than changing your address and packing. At the Wilson Group Real Estate Services, our relocation coordinators provide a high level of expertise and experience in making sure your move is seamless. So check out our website today at wilsongrouprealestate.com or give us a call.